So that's exactly where we're going back to the beginning of his journey. He's on the line with us. Otmani, thank you so much for joining us. What an extraordinary documentary and uh, what a surprise to watch it. It really is an absolute delight. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start with the beginning. I mean, what struck me so much was when you started the documentary, um, you had made this decision you were going to do this journey. You weren't quite sure how long it would take or what you would do, etc. I mean, you were really a novice. But the one thing you noted, and I, it, it really struck me, was you spoke about how often Moroccans don't think of Morocco as being part of Africa. And it it made me think a lot about South Africans because South Africans have historically been quite terrible at recognizing that whilst we're at the bottom of the continent, we are part of this continent, Africa. I wonder if uh, you could talk a bit more about that. Yeah, um, uh, it's the same. What Moroccan and all North African feel about Africa, same like South Africa as well. We always feel that we are part from another continent. We feel in North Africa that we are Arabs which is not, that's what the media shows us. We can't remove it from our head. And unless you're gonna travel and go through all these countries and feel that this is your continent, this is where you are from. You did go through a diversity of countries and what your journey did was it <clears throat> took you from the Horn, the west coast of Africa, uh, across to the east coast and then down. What were the reasons for that? I wanted actually to travel as much as possible in all countries in Africa, but unfortunately I couldn't mm. due to uh, political issues like the visas. For example, I couldn't get the Nigeria and Chad, and that's yeah. the only way to go from west to east. They had to fly and find an alternative route. I would like to visit the 54 countries, but unfortunately with a Moroccan passport and an African passport, I couldn't visit my own continent. <sighs> You see, that does talk to some very interesting conversations. And we'll talk about the political issue of uh, visas a little bit earlier as it <clears throat> pertained to South Africa, which is a, an indictment on our own country. But nevertheless, when you went to Senegal, someone says to you, Senegal is the only place you can eat without money. And, and I found that an incredibly profound statement because it spoke about community it spoke about uh, real engagement, but it also spoke about this idea that you frickin' went on this trip, crazy trip, with only $80 in your pocket. I mean, how did you think that you were going to make the whole journey uh, down with only $80? At, at the beginning, I, I wanted to, I had the idea on my mind, but I didn't want to wait all my life to prepare and get the latest equipment and get enough money to get all the visas and the expenses. I will be waiting all my life to to mm. be hundred percent prepared, so I would rather just do it and figure it out later. But when I was traveling, I figured out that, hey, I'm 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 surviving here. For example, as you mentioned, Senegal, they call it La Tiranga. La Tiranga means hospitality. Yeah. They, it means if you come to me, I will give you my bed. I'm gonna sleep in the floor. If I have only one plate, I will share, give it to you, and I will stay without eating. Not even sharing, I will give it to you, all it, all of it. So that made me think about the hospi hospitality and the generosity of this continent. 
You know, you raised two things, and, and, and I made a note of the second. The first, of course, is this idea of generosity. The second uh, was this idea of, and you, and you do talk about it later on in, in the documentary, where this idea of what is the attitude that one has to have in life. Um, you talk about saying, you know, I can't do this unless I have that. I mean, it's almost like a theory of change. But actually, that's yeah. incorrect. You can do this, and then it might get you that. Correct. This is, you have to just start wherever you are and then figure it out later. Definitely, if you're going to go on the route, you're going to find something. If, 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 for example, I stayed in, in, in Namibia where they didn't give me the, the South African visa, I would just be stuck in Namibia. <laughs> so what I did is to go in Botswana and figure it out if I will get, if I apply again, I will see if I'm going to get it or not. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get it. So I had to go again to Zimbabwe. I didn't give up on that point. I went to Zimbabwe and also I got rejected and then I didn't give up. I went to Mozambique and I applied from there and I got rejected for the fourth time. But at the end, someone just met me and he helped me to get the visa. So that's why you have to just keep pushing and pushing until you, 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 you find the solution. We'll follow up with that uh, line, but I'd like to go back to some other stuff a bit later. But what, you know, you that, that idea of being rejected for the visa, I mean, what, what struck me... Um, was that in many ways it is a failure of um, of uh, land tourism uh, in this country. The fact that you, as a traveller who wanted to come to South Africa, had done this journey, but you could not get a visa simply because you would have had to go all the way back to Morocco to get that visa. It does talk to the inability of countries to say, um, we'd like to see you in our country. We want you to come. We'd love to have you there, either as part of international or domestic tourism. And you experienced that a few times the further south you got. Yeah, that that's, was one of, of the problems, and I, I didn't understand why. Especially South Africa was the last country where I'm going to finish my journey. So I didn't want to give up at the last minute. And I wouldn't, and I wouldn't go back to Morocco to apply and go back to the route. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, but at the end, I was kind of lucky and they got it well it definitely makes me think home affairs and the like need to be rethinking and reimagining how we look at tourism as well um you know money one of the things that really was crazy about this documentary was this idea of how you traveled so of course you started out walking catching trucks etc then you decided you're going to go on a bicycle and then and I have to say, I thought this was insane. I, I couldn't understand why you chose to do this. You thought, I'm going to travel um, all the way, uh, or certainly across continents, with regards to, or not with regards to, on a skateboard. And I'm like thinking, why would he choose a skateboard as beyond um, a bicycle? Because at least a bicycle, you can travel faster, I would imagine, or, or not. I mean, wh what was that decision? How did that work? Funny story, the, the skateboard, for me, I love to travel very slow, because yeah. whenever you travel slowly, you meet more people and, and you understand more. Yeah. Yeah. And by traveling too fast, you lose all the way you're traveling for. You're going to probably just go to the destination where you can find them on Google or people will tell you about. But when you are going slowly, you discover more things. Yeah. It's not a touristic place, but it's so beautiful. And I can't believe people they don't go to, to those places. Like Mozambique, for example, they have very beautiful islands. Nobody yeah. knows about them. It's not yeah. touristic at all, but they are beautiful. And um, 
yeah, this is this is the kind of, of things that he don't understand while traveling. But back to the skateboard. What made me go on a skateboard to show on the documentary that, hey, in Africa we also have nice roads. We can also travel on a skateboard. So, <laughs> it's not. I mean, you must have like you must your legs. You must have been exhausted, and you never ever look exhausted in the documentary. I have to say, you're always looking like you're just shooting along. Apart from the times where you had to fight uh, and deal with malaria, which made me think a lot about malaria as a disease in Africa and the critical need for it to be shifted and basically shut down. I mean, three times you caught malaria. Yeah, I got I got it two times in Ivory Coast and once in Malawi. And that was one of the uh, really uh, serious uh, times where I was really sick. Ten days on the bed, I couldn't talk or walk or eat. It was it was at that moment when you start appreciating what health is, and uh, but it didn't make me give up. I was like, this is part of the journey, and I knew it. I knew before I left that while I'm gonna be traveling, I don't know what's gonna happen to me. I might die probably, but I know for sure that I'm gonna see a lot of things before that. The other thing you addressed. Um is in your travels you you travel through many many places uh, through desert basically and i wondered if you had any sense of shifting climate change uh, with regards to your travels did you notice things differently i mean i know it was your first time but did you get a sense okay this is this is this is difficult and and we are seeing the impact of climate change um uh, as you mentioned that uh, it's my first time, so I wouldn't know which climate exists in Ethiopia for the whole 20, for the past 20 years, and now it looks different. But definitely, once I arrived to South Africa, and um, and it was that moment of uh, of uh, there were no water here in, in in South Africa. That was made me think, wow, this is really serious here in South Africa. Because when I arrived, it was that moment when there were um, uh, the uh, the hashtag zero um, mm, day zero day zero yes correct yeah yeah so that was wow i can i couldn't believe it utmani you um as you mentioned you did go down into mozambique and i'm just looking at trying to imagine the map in my eye and you started in in fact in the very north of mozambique which uh, in the last year has seen such uh such drama not drama but real freaking conflict with Cabo Delgado and those kinds of places. In retrospect, did you, um, you know, you, you, you experienced it so very differently? I was in Mozambique and seriously, I didn't see anything of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if I was lucky I didn't meet that or probably it's happening in a small village and uh, obviously the media, they make it a really big thing. But I traveled all over the uh, north of Mozambique, and they went to Mozambique twice. Yeah. I went from Mozambique to to Malawi, and they crossed. So I crossed it from west to east, and they also crossed it from north to south. And yeah. on a skateboard, which means I've been in every inch of that route, and I didn't miss any anything yeah. serious. And it may also have been prior to the events of Cabo Delgado as well. Um, Utmani, you of course came to South Africa and there is this wonderful scene of you shooting along your, on your skateboard to Cape Agulhas. Um And I understand yeah. that, that you in fact came back to South Africa and you are currently in Cape Town at the moment. 
Yes, correct. Right now I'm, I'm in Cape Town, and here where I met the uh, the production company, and uh, we decided to do uh, a documentary out of all this adventure, and and I was lucky to to meet Thierry Casuto, one of the biggest producers here in South Africa. Yeah. And uh, be directed with Chris Green, an award-winning director. Um, I've, I was surrounded by by really special and professional people. And of course, um, your next journey, as you say, is going to be, uh, you, you plan to sail the world on a boat alone. Yes. <laughs> For me, it's, you have to always live with, with a dream. Mm. You shouldn't live without a dream. I want and, to... And what happened to me when I, I finished my journey. I, I After four years of fighting to get to that uh, the end of South Africa, and, and then boom. I finished. I didn't have any dream now, and that's where I get depressed. So it was, it wasn't, it wasn't fun at all. So that's why I made another uh, goal right now, or a dream, whatever you call it. Yeah. To navigate the world on a on a on a sailing boat, solo. It looks like it's going to be fascinating for sure. I want to close yeah. off Utmani with uh, the way you closed off your documentary, and I found it really moving. Was you talk about the love of a mother and, and, and there's footage of you um, arriving home to your mother um, wiping the tears from her eyes and you talk about um, that the understanding of how travel teaches you <coughs> what home is and to, home may not necessarily be a geography it could be a person an emotion etc talk to us a little bit about that yeah yeah um, in my journey I felt I felt what home is when when you are really sick, you you have a mother that is taking care of you. When you have no place where to stay, you go back to your home, uh, your parents' place. So you know that you, there is also always a backup if in case something happens. But when you are traveling on the road by yourself, it's it's everything. It's you have to do it yourself. If it's raining, then you're gonna be wet, cold. You might have hypothermia. If you don't have money you are struggling you really have no money you have to work hard to get some some money mm. and and that made me appreciate appreciate the family i appreciate being home mm. but you have to do some sacrifices you can't just um, realize some dreams without being on these situations Utmani, thank you so much for joining us. It's a wonderful documentary and uh, it really, A, it made me want to go and travel uh, again, but it also just reminded me so much of uh, what makes us human. So thank you very much for that. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Utmani Zolati, he's a photographer, filmmaker and an adventurer. And uh, certainly you can watch his adventure. It's called Africa and I. And it's how he travels from Morocco all the way down to Cape Agulhas in uh, South Africa. And it really, as I say, is a wonderful story about the geography of traveling, but also about the humanity of traveling and being in spaces where you don't know people, etc. We're going to close off with a final big fat juicy. The choice comes from Miles saying, I want to celebrate the great Musa Manzini. I love his music. I've not heard from him in a long, long time. So we thought, you know what, that would be a great way to end the show as well.